Hello, everyone. I'm Joel Yu. Thanks so much for tuning in to Expert Insights, where we talk with industry leaders across modern financial services to discuss leadership and innovation. Let's get started. I've personally known Steve for quite a few years by his reputation, um, and his reputation has been as an absolute amazing leader, um, an amazing founder and CEO, and he has has truly built one of the great cultures in lending at Fairway. So I am pleased to be joined by Mr. Steve Jacobson. So Steve, um, first question, let's start at, start at the beginning, man. How how did you get into mortgage? You started as a loan officer. Let's let's start there. Okay. So after college, I was on the basketball team in Wisconsin. It's a long story. Nobody cares. Um, moved to Arizona, got out of Wisconsin, and uh, backed into the mortgage business. The guy that got me in is still one of my best friends. Um, part I've always liked about it is it's an, there's an intrinsic reward system. You're helping people. Feels good. There's pressure. That pressure has always felt good to me. It's, it's not simple. Long story short, I mean, starting off as a processor and then originator, there was a year or two, my average loan amount was in the 40,000 range. So you had to close 30 loans a month to justify doing this. 30 loans at, at 200 bucks a pop. I mean, do the math, you make 75 grand a year. So we were, we were taught systems of consistency because you had to close a lot of loans. So, you know, I was with a place for 12 and a half years. Um, some stuff changed. Company was great, but some stuff changed. So I rolled. I mean, you know, being from a small town, um, you trust everything you hear because you just do. But I went to a place for like a cup of coffee. Everything I was told wasn't true. Um, so that's a fair way started actually 26 years ago today. So I started something from scratch and was just really a mortgage broker. And, um, and you know, we've all we've evolved since then. So you guys, you guys have, I mean, just been on fire uh, with growth the last few years. And I want to talk a little bit about that. But I, I, I would love to talk about um, also, you know, you started through, I think was a fairly traditional route as first a broker, then a banker and kind of evolved from there. Um, you know, when you, when you were doing um, as a loan officer, when you were starting out and having to do those kinds of transactions to make a living, I'm just more curious from, you know, today's perspective where people think that's just extreme amount of volume. If you're a loan officer, did that seem normal that you had to go at that pace and you just accepted it and did it and figured out the process or, I was lucky, um, Joe, I had a person around me in, in Phoenix, Scottsdale, that if I had a year where I was doing five to 600 units, she was doing six to 800 units. So I didn't know, I, I knew I was busy, but the way we were raised in the business, it wasn't like that big a deal. You had to close a lot of units to do this um, because the loan months were so small. So to, to me, it's always been about systems of consistency. And the whole key has always been the closing piece because you can't close a lot of loans if you have crappy closings. And that was the reason the broker thing, I thought would be fine until we started dealing with the closing issues. And it drove me out of my mind. I had a full head of hair. I mean, I did. <laughs> um, but point is, I mean, you have to close smooth to do a lot of volume. And, you know, we just, I just couldn't close smooth as a broker because you're always kind of waiting for the money. And in today's world, I mean, you and I could be best friends in the world. I could do your loan in four seconds. Four seconds, I can do your loan. If I walk into the closing and there isn't any money there, they say, where's the jack for the shack? I mean, dude, they did Joe's yeah, loan in four seconds. Problems. I mean, I really did. It's, it, nobody cares. They want money at the table. I mean, it's like, it's all matters. 
So that, that really drove the ability to deliver for, for the customer really drove that, then that transition to, to being a, a mortgage banker from, from broke. Yeah. I never wanted to, I mean, I wasn't, the, the truth is my dad had gotten sick after I started fairway. I had moved back to Wisconsin because of my father's illness. And I never, I had two goals starting fairway. I never wanted to have a meeting ever, like ever, no meetings ever. And number two, I never wanted to speak in front of people ever. I never wanted to have a meeting. If I could never have a meeting and never speak in front of people, I was good. So just I'd do long. You've done pretty pretty good as of uh, hold it. If that's held true, Steve, I'd say you, you you built an amazing company with that philosophy. Well, the, the growth really, Joe, has been just a has been a. It's really been based on need, because as you know, us salespeople, and you know this, you deal with us all the time. We're not ever really that satisfied. You can have the best product in the world, and it's like, what's next? And, and all of us working with salespeople, myself included, it's like, what's around the corner? You better keep giving us stuff to play with. Yeah. Otherwise, we get grumpy and we're high maintenance. We got to play. Let's go. So a lot of the growth, Joe, is really just a reflection of making sure we created enough stuff for people to stay interested. I think the um, what I'm what I'm hearing you say, which is I, I believe is such a fundamental quality of, of great entrepreneurs, and you clearly fit that category is having a mindset where it's just, you're never satisfied with the status quo and there's always a way to keep leveling up. We have no, we have no choice, you. Joe. Your role, my, my own role, and we don't have a choice. Yeah. We could not agree with it, but we don't have a choice. We yeah, got to keep giving something of value that's different than we did yesterday. What was the transition time from uh, becoming a broker and what did that period of time look like? And then as you started to become a mortgage banker before you say, quote unquote, you felt like you were really successful. What, what did that look like? Well, I mean, for me personally, I mean, I just start off originating loans. I remember one month I closed 27 loans and 24, whereas a mortgage banker and anybody listening to this would know that initially the, the company that reached out to all of us was Flagstar. And, and Flagstar would offer a warehouse line for people, even when you didn't have that big of a net worth. And it, it was pretty evident real fast that I couldn't be a broker. Because even their pricing wasn't that great, but I could always control the money. And I'm high maintenance. I want money there the day before for a nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock closing. I, you just have to have money there. And as a, as a broker, I mean, I, you, you, you couldn't control the money. If you can't control the money, you can't control, the, you can't control your volume because you're stuck. You're, you're, you're babysitting that loan and you can't babysit the loans if you're going to do volume. You can't I mean, scale. You just can't do it. I mean, you can you can think about it. You can say you want to, but I mean, like I said, if their money isn't there, dude, they think we're idiots. So we have to have money at the table. And so that was it wasn't really some magical, oh, we have, you know, I want to be a mortgage banker. No, I mean, I was the president of Wisconsin Mortgage Brokers Association year 2000. I didn't care. It was necessity that drove it. it and had so- to. How, how long of a period of time were you a broker? Like what, what period of time was it? A minute, a minute. I mean, as soon oh, as I started. Very short. Well, here's the deal. So I had, um, I hadn't originated for a couple of years. I was, I moved to Texas with a position with the company. And um, so when my dad got sick, I moved back to Wisconsin, like on a minute, you know, he got we corporate in April, he got sick in May. So April, May, I moved back to Wisconsin that year. Um, as soon as I started originating and started doing loans, I realized we can't do the broker thing. I mean, it, it wasn't like any big monumental goal setting 
whiteboard session. It was like, I can't control the money. I got to control the money. I have to. The plan was to have a, you know, just do loans and kind of stay away from the, the, the masses of this industry and just kind of live your life. Yeah. But then, you know, 2007, 2008 happened. You know, we had a net worth of 2 million as a mortgage banker kind of plugging along. And all of a sudden, you know, the warehouse lines dried up and you realized you have to have a net worth. And anybody that lived through 2008 in this industry, and of course, that's 12 years in the fairway. We had 664 teammates at that time. I remember specifically. And at that time, you realize if you're going to be in this, and anybody that is listening that was in this as an their own business in 2008, it was all about it was all about your warehouse capacity. And we had ours chopped in half the first week of December, and we we begged people to get through that month, December of 2000. Eight and after that, you knew if you're going to be in this, I mean, you're like in. It's kind of like playing a basketball game. If you're going to be in the game, you better shoot. You can't just be in the game and pass the whole time. You better shoot the you're ball. Not gonna, you're not going to be able to play defense and in sort of just uh, meander. You got to be. You got to play offense right at that point. You got to be aggressive, and so that's when we started. You know, our net worth was two two million. And now our net worth is over a billion, and <clears throat> it's just. You know, By the way, that's absolutely incredible. Well, I mean, right now, I mean, this industry, and you know, you, you talk to people, I mean, <laughs> having done this since 84, this is an interesting time. You got volume, it's less. You're not getting paid as much revenue per loan as, I mean, everybody's in the same boat. They can say what they want, but we're all facing the same stuff. You better have some experience to, I mean, this is an interesting whether, time. Whether the, whether the storm, we're, we're going to separate yeah. separate the people that pretend from from the real operators. No, no question. So, so you guys scratched and clawed. You you came through that that oh eight oh nine time period. I, I was on the personally on the real estate side at that time. Had a lot of friends in lending. Saw a lot of companies get wiped out. Um, you guys navigated that. Had been in in the business for for twelve years at that point. Um, were, were able to come through it out the other side was looking back. Was there any specific, you know, key decisions, key hires that you made during that time that, you know, that, that you give credit to being able to navigate that, or was it just sheer entrepreneurial tenacity that. No, it's always a team. I mean, there's, I mean, there's great people in every company, like I'm sure yours too. And um, it was a team effort and there's people, um, you know, we were lucky to have some good relationship with G- GMAC. I remember we got 25 million from GMAC the same week they filed bankruptcy. Uh, Joe Lathrop from Flagstar helped us again. He gave us an extra 25 million when before he even had a board meeting. I mean, th- there was people. Um, um, th- there's a gentleman with GMAC that we still follow, even though we don't necessarily need his warehouse line, but we'll always be loyal to him because of what they did for us in 2008, those Those relationships, Joe, you never forget them. And, you know, you have to, you know, the grace of the man upstairs had a lot. I mean, we were very, very fortunate because the December 19th of 2008, if if you went back and you'd see that was a Friday, we didn't know if we had enough money till Monday. Well, in back then we were closing, you know, 50, 60 loans a day. Um, and, you know, it's like this. If you go to a closing, there's no jack for the shaft. That company's gone. So we were very fortunate to get through that time. Um, but once you go through that once, it changes you forever. Because then you realize you have to have net worth. 
you have to have cash. And what you also learn is that this, you know, this is a hard part for the sales side. You guys deal with the sales side. The hard part is the secondary side of this industry doesn't care about us. Fannie, Freddie, the warehouse lines, the broker dealers, they do not care. No, they don't. <clears throat> They're, it's, it's, and that's the hardest part of being self-employed in this industry is when you get in on the sales side, you don't really know that side. You just don't. And, and then what happens is you, of the business. you turn the corner and you get slapped hard and you realize they don't care about you and you better have cash. I mean, sales, they didn't want to talk to us. They just want how much, how much cash do you have? So what, what, what's finding time for us, 2008, just under 73 billion in volume, uh, in 2021. And, uh, if you recall, what, what did you guys do? 2008, 2009. Do you remember what those numbers? Oh yeah. We were in the three, you know, two, three, four billion range. Yeah. I mean, we were just, you know, like I said, we weren't taking it that seriously. You know, we, we just so, didn't, it wasn't that, I mean, we, I mean, here's the deal. We didn't know what the competition did. We didn't care. We just had our group of people. I mean, we've had some of the same people since there's people here that I've known for over 35 years. And it's, it, it was kind of like a cozy little place. And then that happened and you knew you had to do the net worth thing. And then, you know, and then the next defining time is we lost a couple groups to recruiting that, surprised us. Um, you say, what, why did it surprise you? We thought we had some <clears throat> mutual um, relationships with other companies that were like, stay away from each other. And when that changed, we said, let's go, let's play. Let's go after this thing. Let's hire recruiters. Let's be aggressive. So I want to, I want to dive into a little bit about um, the incredible culture that you have built it at Fairway. And by the way, almost every single one of the leaders that I've ever met with in, in your organization uh, credits you uh, as the person that is responsible uh, for building and fostering that culture. Um, you know, do you have any, I guess, key takeaways or words of advice on what it takes to, to build a culture that um, is number one, has everybody's got such a growth mindset? Uh, at your organization, which I love. And, you know, by the way, I do get the chance to work with a, a lot of leaders and all cultures are not created equally in, in this industry, as you know, and would love to know any, any secrets you're willing to share or, or any advice. Well, personally, I think culture is a day-to-day -day discipline. I mean, if we say, if somebody says we have a good culture, as soon as they say it, it's over. I mean, that, that comment is over. Um, there's a college coach, um, there's a guy in college was the reason I went to school, Wisconsin, his name is Bo Ryan. And Bo Ryan was, his, was assistant coach when I was in high school. He coached at Wisconsin for like 13 years. Um, and he talked about the precious present a lot in college. And he said, what does that mean? I remember my sophomore year guarding a guy by the name of Wes Matthews. Now, Wes Matthews, if you Googled him, he um, got two NBA rings with the Lakers. He backed up Magic Johnson. His son actually right now plays for the Bucks. And so like he, I remember one practice, um, back then we were, had to guard people full court man to man. It was just the way it was. So if he's that, he was so fast. He said, how fast was he? It's like, how in the H am I going to guard this guy every day in practice? For Like, I, this isn't going to work. So you had to make adjustments. The point is the precious presence, if you pout about something, you're going to screw it up again. If you gloat, because you just made a shot. I mean, 
get your head out of your backside and play right now, play each, each time. So the precious present has been a discipline that to me, if, if somebody says something nice about us, thank you, but let's move on. Cause if you think of, if you take that too long, even more than a second, it, it changes your dynamic. Let's play right now. Let's play. Cause it doesn't matter. It's like I said, you and I can be best buddies. If your loan comes in on, we close you on a Friday when you want to close on a Wednesday, you say we suck. And you know something? You're right for that transaction. So the point is you better, you know, there's nothing given. You, it's a daily discipline. And we work out, we work at the daily stuff to try to keep it fresh. And, um, you know, you deal with it. Salespeople, we're always wondering what's around the corner. And so, yeah, you have to, you know, so it's a daily discipline is the best I can say. In terms of driving that day, daily discipline, um, are, are you as, as CEO with your leadership team and your direct reports, are, are you continuously having that conversation and driving that in the organization? And, and just, just curious from really, uh, you know, my own perspective and, and I think nobody, there's not a, a class on being a great CEO and founder of an organization. And, um, you know, clearly you're, you're only successful if you're able to recruit and retain really great leaders you've clearly been able to do that. Are you having a lot of those conversations continuously on, on the culture or is it just on, is it just sort of an unspoken rule that, Hey, this is what we do. Well, I mean, all players want to play, right? You, you, you all want to be coached because you, you always want to try to get better and learn, but at, ultimately you got to give people, if they're in charge of this department, this department, you got to let them play to me. You, you got to let them, you got to let them do their thing. I mean, we're all going to make mistakes. We're, I mean, social media isn't the truth. I mean, it looks like we never make a mistake, but we do. Oh, right. Everybody's, everybody's a superstar all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to miss shots, but you got to keep shooting. So personally I like to give people the ability to run their departments their way. And, you know, we always come together for issues to solve as a team. Um, but you know, it's like you coach the way you want to be coached, which is, dude, just give me the ball and get out of the way. I mean, yeah. really? I mean, you're going to take a shot that maybe isn't the best shot, but if you learn from it, you, you know, you keep shooting and keep playing. I want to just spend this last part here talking a little bit about the the industry, really, and the time that we're in. We talked about it a little bit. Um, really, really unique time in in the cycle, right? We're in another cycle. Um, give me your sort of thousand foot view of the environment we're in right now and uh, kind of, you know, at a high level, uh, the types of companies that are going to make it through and be successful and, and maybe the ones that are going to get crushed in this environment, if you have any. Well, any I mean, if you think about that topic, you know, yeah, if you, if you think about perspective, take our 72 billion last year, that only represented 1.4% of all the loans in the country. If Rocket Mortgage at $336 billion and there was you know, 6.4% or wherever it was, there's plenty of loans out there if people are willing to think and try different things. Mm-hmm. So whatever we did, you know, whatever to get to us in 221, we all, all of us loan officers, we better be willing to try some different things. Yeah. You know, we better be willing to go a little further mentally first than maybe we even think we can go. A little bit outside the comfort zone, right? You find that yep. almost necessary now. All of us, like, every mortgagee, yeah. all of us, if we're all together, yeah. whatever people are, if we, if all the CEOs and all the loan officers to, in the industry were in one room and we really 
or talking through it. Now, obviously, everybody have their own opinions, but it would be willing to bet that people are trying different things. Is if, if they're trying to, and they're willing to work and they're willing to go out and meet the people and face to face or whatever, there's business out there. Totally. When you think about it, Joe, 15 years ago, did we really, we didn't have as much access to information. So it, I mean, I, I remember it <laughs> rates 14 and a half percent. I said, isn't that a kind of a high rate? My boss says, what's wrong with you? And the next time, and that's time I asked him, I said, Hey, go, go get some loans. <laughs> I said, Hey, can I get a cell phone? He goes, Why don't you go to the bank and get a roll of quarters? I mean, you know, it's like yeah. it's perspective. It, if we're willing, now some will and some won't. I mean, some people, I'm sure, and other mortgagees too, are having a career April. They're having their best April ever. Well, I'd be willing to bet those are people trying different things. They they made course corrections and adjustments, right? And they're they're gonna they're gonna take some bets on certain things. And I and I agree, I think it's really, really excellent in in the way you approach that and say, hey, um, you're gonna have to do some things differently. You're not gonna be able to wake up and have money flowing in like it like it has been for some of the originators. You're you're gonna have to get out and uh, pound the pavement again, right? Go and spend time building those relationships again with your referral partners. A lot of a lot of those types of things. And I also think um, you said it on, on the leadership side and the management side and sales managers, right? They've certainly got to take it to another level and kind of push beyond what, what they maybe thought was the normal scope of uh, effort and having to do things. And they're going to stretch themselves this year as well. It's like you, you, anything, any, any person in the industry, if we're sitting there talking, okay, let's just say we try something today or what you did a year ago. The first reaction may be, well, that's stupid. That ain't going to work. And a year later, you go, gosh, I'm really glad I did that. You know, so I think you know, we all have those moments. We, we all do. So I think all mortgagees are going to have to just kind of take it. It's almost like check your first reaction. It might not be the truth. Totally. Well, I can't do that or that's not going to work. Well, maybe it does work. Yeah. I've, do you ever get this when you're talking to sales people particularly? And it's like, well, I've, I've kind of tried everything. I've tried that. And, and you start breaking it down and you're like, really, you've, you've tried everything. You've made the adjustments. Probably, probably not. Right. And if you're, well, we, we just, we almost got to take it further than our, our own thoughts. And that's, that's hard for everyone because our, our thoughts are our thoughts, but the question is, are they the truth? Yeah. You know, and, and, and we've all had, you know, in this industry long enough to look back, we have, we have the ability to look back and we've all had situations in this industry. If you, we've been in for a while where we tried something that we didn't think would work, but it, maybe it did. Yeah. And so we got to remember to kind of check ourselves right now because our first reaction is, you know, if, if it's a no, usually no means no work. Well, no, it's not going to work. Well, that, well, that means you're not going to work. But you're well, not going to put the effort in to try, right? Yeah. So you got to work. I mean, you said, what does work mean? Well, you got to go meet people. You got to go. I mean, I know it sounds corny, but it's, you got to get out there. You have to be in motion and put effort in every single day. And then, you know, by doing that, you're, you're going to get feedback in the form of it either worked or it didn't. Right. And sometimes, sometimes not working is just as good in terms of feedback because it allows you to make the adjustments. And it sounds like, uh, it sounds like really that's one of your philosophies is, Hey, if, if we learn something doesn't work great, then we move on and we try something different. And that's, uh, and then also, you know, we all know this to be true too. We don't live long enough to have our own experiences. We better listen to other people because their experiences, why go through the same thing? So you, hopefully companies have a culture where they can listen to other people in their own team 
what happens in this state or what happens in this state. Learn from other teammates because their experiences may save you a lot of time. You guys have obviously built um, just not only one of the premier companies in terms of volume, um, but one of the most well-respected organizations, right? And as you look forward, uh, you don't seem like a guy that's interested in slowing down. What's your vision? for the organization uh, and the, you know, the great team you guys have at Fairway for the next. Well, I mean, you always have five years opportunities, you know, there's salespeople need opportunities at every, at every turn. So the challenge for all mortgages, including us is creating opportunities for the next generation, for the next group, you know, and all we're trying to do is create opportunities for the, for the, for the people. There's a lot of talent in this industry. There's a lot of people doing amazing things at our place and other places too. And all, all of us mortgages have to make sure we're continuing to give people opportunities. And that's all part of it. Um, and that's a discipline for all of us. And we're looking to do the same. So as you guys look out in the next few years, um, that's a super important part of the vision for you. Um, yeah, we're just, we, we didn't want to go, we, you know, it's interesting. We had, we were told Maybe we should have went public a couple of years ago. We're really glad we didn't. You say, why are you glad? I was going to say, are you not glad that was the best decision you've ever made? Well, it's just, it, we're glad because, I mean, what's going on this year with as far as for all mortgages, but even more so, there's fun things we do here that we know we couldn't do if we were public. And I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to get into specifics. <laughs> we don't even need to get into details. I know exactly what you mean. There's give, there's give things that we do that we don't have to analyze a third party thinking whatever they think. Um, so it, it really is about creating it, for all of us mortgages. It's about creating the culture, the disciplines and the opportunities for the next generation. Cause there's talent all over this industry. There but really the, is right. Yeah. There, there, if it. you see it, Joe, you see it all over the place all over. Yeah. There, there's amazing people doing amazing things. And all of us, all of us in C levels need to keep making sure we give those people opportunities to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, man. And obviously, uh, giving your people the opportunity to grow has, uh, has definitely served, served you guys exceptionally well, Steve. So, um, clearly you guys, uh, you practice what you preach and, and that, that philosophy is, is obvious when you look at the results. So, well, I mean, it's like what you, what you folks do, Joe, I mean, I think, as you know, we give people choice A, B and C and whoever you circle, you got to have this discipline. You have to stay in touch with people. Um, it, 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 you know, it's a, you got to do something different than the competition does, but the competition all is doing this. So at a minimum, you need to do this, right? Whoever, I mean, you, so the Joes of the world, what you folks are doing is very important for all of us originators going forward. We need to stay in touch. It's tough because we know the servicers are going to stay in touch with people. I don't care who it is. They're going to stay in touch. So what you do is very important. Hopefully companies are building great relationships with people like you and and your team. So we we thank you. Thank you, man. Have a good day. Cheers, buddy. Have an amazing uh, rest of of the quarter and uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 